It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 241 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, December 7th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. The show's on Twitter as well, Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. Of course, the podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as all 32 NFL teams. Uh, and you can listen to Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke. And those are all together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. Check out the FanRag Sports Network of Locked On Blogs. Uh, that's where you can find Locked On Raptors, where I got a bunch of stuff cooking right now. Uh, mostly just working on the Raptors advent calendar. Today's post is going to be about Anthony Parker. And I'm going to leave it there because uh, it's it's been a weird morning researching Anthony Parker highlight videos and stuff like that. And I'll get into that in the post. Um, please make sure you check out uh, the podcast on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a review. It takes no time at all. Uh, it's very helpful. It helps to move us up the rankings. Makes us more discoverable. Uh, and I very much appreciate anyone who's already taken the time to do that. Um, okay, on today's show, we're going to tee up the road trip that's coming up for the Raptors. A four-game Western trip, which in the past has you know always come with a little bit of... Uh, I guess nervous optimism perhaps, or maybe not even optimism because Western trips have not always been kind to the Raptors, but it should be this time around. And to talk about the easiest four-game Western trip in maybe NBA history, uh, or at least Raptors history, it's uh, Saha Abdi. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. This this one looks like a breeze, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, they just came off a couple weeks ago, a three-game trip against the Knicks, Pacers, and Hawks, and went one and two, so... Penciling them in to win all these games, especially since some of the games are in places where they've had some troubles. Maybe that's a little premature, but it's uh, it's pretty easy looking. They got Memphis on Friday. Uh, Memphis is obviously kind of in a tailspin. They lost to the Knicks last night, um, and the, the, we'll get into, the, to, into Memphis. They're super bizarre right now. Uh, then they play, I think it's the Clippers for the first game. Uh, I'm, I got, I'm dumb. I got to okay. schedule up. Yes, yeah, the Clippers. Oh, sorry, it's the Kings, and that's an afternoon yeah. game, and then they play the Clippers kind of thing? Or, yep. or Yeah, okay. So, the Clippers and then the Suns. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's not the hardest schedule. The Clippers obviously have everybody hurt right now. Uh, the Kings are just a, I mean, they gave a little bit of a run to the Cavs last night, but they are just a disaster. Uh, they're like the one team in the league that's almost as bad at defense as the Suns are when they played those guys uh, on Wednesday after playing them last week. So uh, pretty easy uh, sledding here for the Raptors. Um, so, Hall, I'm gonna, the first one I'll start you with is looking at the schedule. Which of these teams makes you the most sad to look at? Oh, man, uh, that's actually pretty hard. <laughs> um, I forgot Devin Booker. I completely forgot he had that um, adductor injury, so he's yeah. going to be out, I think, for a while. Yeah, two to three weeks. Um, Which I, it looked like it was going to be much worse than that, so that's good, I guess. In terms of what I'm used to, I'd probably say the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. Um, they've been a top-tier Western Conference team for so long. They went through a lot of change. They lost Chris Paul this past offseason. Blake Griffin was supposed to be the guy that kind of took took the helm of the team, took the leadership role. He got injured. Um, Patrick Beverly went out for season. Um, their other point guard, forgot his name, the guy was a, an insane passer. Tay Dosich. Tay Dosich, yeah. I forget him. Um, he's out. Yeah. I think he's coming back soon, though. Um, but just compared to what I'm used to with this team, and then I think I watched the game, I think it was a week and a half ago, um, their first game with Blake out. It was a nightmare. Like they just look like they're comp- they started Wesley Johnson and just guys I've never heard of before, and it was it was really really bad. Yeah, it's uh yeah Wesley Johnson. You don't want him. You don't want Austin Rivers being like your go to oh. offensive player. <laughs> um, and yeah, considering the heights that the Clippers used to be at, it's a bummer. I I have a hard time feeling that much sympathy for the Clippers in, in that like mm-hmm. I, it sucks to see guys get hurt, but also if you employ Blake Griffin and Danilo Gallinari and Patrick Beverly, yeah, like you should well. probably yeah. expect guys to get hurt. Um, and it's just you're kind of asking for it, I think. I mean, again, I don't like to see guys getting hurt. It's not on the guy, the guys that got hurt that I'm sort of laughing at. It's just the team in general, the construction of it. Uh, you know, had everything stayed together, this could have been a pretty nice team. But everything staying together was like saying, okay, let's uh, see if Joel Embiid's going to play 82 games. Like it's a pretty Exactly. Uh, difficult proposition. Yeah, it's a difficult proposition. So uh, I think the team that makes me the saddest is the Grizzlies, just because of how far they've fallen. And like the Grizzlies have always been a team for me that have more mirrored what the Raptors are than say the Clippers. I know Clippers East is the thing that everyone labels the Raptors as, but I think they're more Grizzlies uh, adjacent anyway because you know they yeah. made the conference final. They they're a team that probably the best team in franchise history after a long history of not being good at all. Um, yeah. and just sort of a, a plucky underdoggy type of team that you know I think is going to you know, probably be capped out at not winning a title, but will still be mem- remembered fondly in their city forever. Um, the Clippers are kind of the same, but the Clippers I think had more raw talent that they didn't really capitalize on. But they had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and all those guys at their peaks. Um, so to see the Grizzlies kind of fall off like this, it's a bit of a, a you know maybe a harbinger of bad things to come for the Raptors. Although when you look at how the Raptors yeah. have built their team. They are set up much better than the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are awful. They've drafted terribly. Their last oh three drafts. Gosh. Sean, I was looking at their draft results the yeah. last. What is it like seven? I think since the, since they drafted Hashim to be. <laughs> it seems like like if you look at each guy, it honestly seems like the guys they've drafted, they've tried to sabotage their drafts. I've never seen a team with draft results like that in any sport. Like they draft so bad. And apparently they have that John Hollinger guy who I think is their VP of basketball operations, I'm yep. pretty sure. Yep. Uh, and he's a big 
analytics guy. So um, you would think that would at least help their case, but they have been terrible. They just, I think they waived Wade Baldwin Jr., um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, after one season. It's insane. After one year, like, that that team... It's the complete. It's it's the complete opposite of the Raptors in the sense that the Raptors kind of are building with their older core, but they're drafting really well. So they're kind of supplementing their depth really well. Um, the Grizzlies aren't. Yeah, which and is why you're seeing what you're seeing now. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, and they're kind of setting themselves up so that when guys get hurt, they're relying on Mario Chalmers and Tyreek Evans to carry the load and... I'm not sure you want to be doing that. They have one of the Harrisons. I don't know which one. Uh, I think it's Aaron, but I'm probably wrong there. Um, yeah, this is their their draft history. So they didn't have a pick this past season, which uh, good on them. They also owe their 2019 pick to the Celtics, which makes oh me so God. mad because they're going to be bad by then. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's just it's like the, the goddamn Celtics. They never stop. Uh, so, yeah, this is their last few drafts. Uh, 2016, Wayne Baldwin and uh, Wang Jilin. Uh, Jilin has not played yet. Baldwin uh, had a negative 0.4 value over replacement player in 33 games in 405 minutes. Um, shot 31% from the field, 13% from three, uh, and was cut. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jarrell Martin, uh, he's their 2015 pick. He started a bunch of games for them this year, but I don't think that's, like, a good thing. He's truly bad he's got like a 7.5 per um and his starting games just because by default jordan adams in 2014 uh i thought he was going to be okay and then he wasn't and uh now he's out of the league although he was kind of a i feel like they kind of gave up on a little bit early maybe jamal franklin in 2013 joffrey laverne was a second round pick there for them and that's probably their best pick of the last five years tony yeah tony roden in 2012 uh he did some stuff for some bad sixers teams i guess uh, Josh Selby in 2011. Remember Josh Selby? Oh, summer League superstar. <laughs> yep. Xavier uh, Henry in 2010. Uh, also bad. They've drafted, okay. Then there's Hashim Thabit, which, okay. Damari Carroll's like their best pick of the last half decade, or the last decade, pretty much. Except for yeah. Kevin Love, who they traded. Um, so, like, since Mike Conley, their best pick has been Damari Carroll or Joffrey Laverne, and that's just embarrassing. Um, how many of their first-rounders have had negative value over replacement player? Uh, one, two, three, four, like, seven of their nine first-rounders have had a negative value over replacement players in their career. So, yeah, the Grizzlies make me incredibly sad. And also it sucks that Marc Gasol has kind of had this heel turn with the whole Dave Fisdale thing. Uh, I used to love Marc Gasol, and I'm not sure really how to feel about him after what happened with the with Fizz and, and with the Grizzlies. Um and I know you have some thoughts on what happened with Fizz, and you're very much, I think, justified in, in your in your criticisms okay. of the situation there. So um, the Grizzlies, I think, make me the saddest. The Suns and Kings are just kind of, uh, I don't even know. They're, they're not even teams at this point. The Suns, I don't know. What were your takeaways from the Suns game in terms of, like, what the Suns are from the game that took place on Tuesday? Um, They're extremely young. Um, they seem like the... They haven't really learned from last year in terms of 
them keeping their emotional balance in games. Yeah. Uh, they rack up technical fouls like their team fouls. I like Jay Triano as a coach. I feel like um, in terms of the roster he has, the youth that he has, um, Jay's a really good guy to turn to, especially when you fired Earl Watson, who I just think did an absolutely horrendous job coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have much to work with, but at the same time, it's like I spoke to a lot of Suns beat writers, and they just thought Earl Watson was horrendous. Um, but I think the Suns are the Suns. They're an extremely young team, I think one of the youngest in the league, if not the youngest. Um, and they're just building, and they're seeing what they have. I like Josh Jackson. Um, obviously, Devin Booker's injured, but I'm, I'm one of the guys who likes Devin Booker a lot more than, than other guys. Right. Uh, yeah, and they, they have Bender and, and Chris. I honestly would like to see more from Chris this year, but it he, is what it is with yeah. those guys. Remember when like Raptors fans were really upset that Chris got taken one pick ahead of Jakob Pertl? Yeah, yeah, I oh, think I it's fine. <laughs> I think, the I think be we're okay. good. Yeah, I think we're definitely good. Yeah, I tell you, you say you like Josh Jackson. I know who doesn't like Josh Jackson. Oh yeah, Jakob Pertl. Uh, that was uh, that was quite the mean crossover. Uh, Ouch! Yeah, drop. The 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 Suns make me sad too. It, again, it's just like a cavalcade of depressing ass teams on this road trip. But like. The Suns went from having Goran Dragic, Eric Bledsoe, and Isaiah Thomas to having Mike James be their savior at point guard this season. Tyler Eulis was just getting clowned by Kyle in that game on Tuesday. I felt bad for him. Kyle was like, oh, I have a height advantage over this guy. I'm going to do what I want to him. And it was kind of mean. And it was awesome from a Raptors perspective. But like for Mike James, he got his uh, two-way contract turned into uh, a full NBA deal this week, which is you know, good on him. That's a, that's a great success story for Mike James, who I'd never heard of before. Um, and thought, when I first heard his name, I was like, oh, Mike James, like the Mike James, the Amityville scorer is making a comeback. The Mike James, the one who <laughs> kind of hit that shot over Stephon Burberry, that one? <laughs> he hit more than just one shot there, Sahal, if you remember. It was an entire half yeah, season of him hitting getting buckets. Season. I enjoyed Mike James in Toronto. That 0506 season is one of the stranger seasons you could ever possibly conjure up, I think, in your head. Ever. Yeah, like, what a what a ride that was. It started with Ray Ralston, ended up being Mike James, a point guard. He got paid and never did anything. What a I, this whole uh, advent calendar thing I'm doing on the site has brought me back to some dark times and uh Mike James was like a little flicker of light in that 0506 season. It was more like a car crash that you just like can't turn away from, but it was yeah. it was something to keep you entertained, I suppose. But back to my son's point, the fact that they're at Mike James and Tyler Eulis as their point guard rotation after having what they had, it's uh it's not the best situation there. Uh, Ryan McDonough, I don't know how he still has a job. He must have nudes yeah, of somebody. So. Um, so yeah, good on him, I guess, for for hanging around the league. Um, who's the best player the Raptors will play on this road trip? Is it Marcus Gasol? Yeah, yeah, it's Marcus Gasol. Okay, Marc Gasol, so here's yeah. here's a better question. Uh, after Marcus Gasol, it's probably DeAndre Jordan as the second best player they're going to play. Who's the third best player the Raptors are going to play on this road trip? Um, because Booker's well, I out. Think, um, if if I read it correctly, Gallinari's coming back. Um, so I. Th- think Danilo Gallinari, oh Booker's out, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think Gallinari. Yeah. Is it Greg Monroe? Oh, <laughs> Is it Chandler Parsons? Oh, Chandler Parsons last night was like getting buckets on the Knicks. It was... 
a weird. They they hit like ten points in four minutes in the first quarter last night. It was very strange. Uh, good to see, I guess, from Chandler. But I feel sorry for that guy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that that Knicks and Memphis game last night was a trip. Like there was some like, at one point it was like Tyreek Evans, Mario Chalmers, and like Michael Beasley all on the floor like leading their teams, and it was like this is not basketball in 2017. What the hell is going on here? Just seems like Memphis's roster building these last what two three years has just been so odd. Yeah, it's not the best. Uh, yeah. It makes me sad too because Conley and Gasol are so good together, and like I want to give Gasol a benefit of the doubt with what happened with Fizdale because like he's still a really fun player to watch. Um, but yeah, there it all comes back to Memphis being depressing. What about the Kings? The Kings we haven't really talked about um, aside from the fact that they're just horrendous at defense. What have you liked about the Kings? Truth be told, I've watched very little of the Kings this season after the first week, couple weeks of the season. They were one of those teams that I was like, okay, I see what they are. They were fun for a minute to watch De'Aaron Fox do some stuff, but I don't need to watch that every night. I'll wait till they're good, and I can watch De'Aaron Fox when he's really good. Um, so, like, have you watched much of the Kings? What do you think about them? I think I've watched a couple games, those late-night NBA TV um, things. Players only, on, baby. But... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really, I really, really like their George Hill acquisition in the off season. But yeah. from what I've seen this season, he didn't really fit there. George Hill isn't the type of guy at this point in his career where you can just hand him twenty minutes, twenty two minutes, and, and have him make a big impact. He's that type of guy where he needs to be in there um, sustainably throughout the game, and they, they're not doing that with him, which I don't blame them for because they do have De, uh, De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, De'Aaron Fox is going to be the guy who I think finally turns around the ship for the Kings. Yeah, uh, They have a couple other young pieces, Willie Cauley-Stein, Buddy Heald. But I think De'Aaron Fox is that one guy who, who has the the potential to turn into a transcendent talent for the Kings. I think they haven't had that in a long time. So good on them for that. I just hope George Hill finds a new, new place to stay. A lot of people are like, oh, well, George Hill just went for the money. You know, he had an amazing year last year when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. So if he went for the money, let him go for the money at this point. Um, but I think his his best bet is to get traded to a contending team where he can help or a team that's just on the verge of getting into the playoffs. Maybe even the Philadelphia 76ers. I'd like that. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, I just, can Denver please trade for him? Like or Denver, yeah. Yeah, I would just you know love. What? I, Jamal I Denver. really like Jamal Murray, Sean. Like I, I really do too. Really I just think he's more of a two. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I don't know. At least at this point in his career, like maybe you could give him like the Zach Levine treatment that he had that first season in Minnesota, and just like have him create and kind of learn on the fly and add some skills to his game, even though it might not be his primary position, but. If they're actually trying to make the playoffs this season and like be consistently good, and I love Jamal Murray as well, like I'm not knocking Jamal Murray, um, I just think he'd probably want a better sort of more refined point guard in there to help sort yeah. of shepherd the team along. And George Hill, man, he would be perfect. Have so many guards though, so I feel like if you add George Hill to that guard rotation, you got Will Barton, who's actually a really really good player. You got Gary Harris. Um, it's just it doesn't it just become like a mix mix up. 
with all these minutes and all these things that Mike Malone has to go through now? I guess I, like Barton, I think is probably more of a wing anyway. He's like a three. The the, the like Murray. Three, yeah, yeah. I feel like Murray would be like a perfect just like off the bench spark plug at, at this point in his career. Like yeah. he'll be a starter down the road probably, but um, for now, if you were to go with like a rotation of. You know, Hill with, like, Murray as, like, your backup point guard slash two. Like, kind of like a Corey Joseph role, except just more dynamic. Yeah. But, like, what how the Raptors used to use him um, playing both guard spots off the bench. Um, and then you have Harris and then Wilson Chandler, Will Barton kind of fill in the three the three spot. And then uh, you got Millsap when he eventually comes back. You can slide Chandler down to the four for now. They have, like, 700 fours in that team. Um, and yeah. I feel like George would fit pretty nicely, like with Jokic too, because you can have Jokic sort of have a lot of the ball handling. You know, it's it's kind of the situation that Hill's always thrived in, right, where he doesn't have to be the primary ball handler. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd like to see George Hill on Denver or any other team other than the Kings, because uh, he's in the way of De'Aaron Fox right now, and obviously he's not happy. And the whole yeah, they're not winning. So yeah, the whole old guy That's thing was like fun George with the Kings. Was... Like I, I liked what they were trying to do there, just like bringing the old guys to. Hang out with the young dudes and just show them how to not suck, but uh, way, yeah. yeah, it's clearly not the best for development or for the guy, the George Hill, who wants to be, um, you know, I think more of a of a key factor on a good team. Here's an idea: Is Buddy Heald the third best player the Raptors will play on this trip? Oh, God. <laughs> He's um, shooting. He is so wildly inconsistent, Sean. So I know. he's shooting forty-five percent from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Incredible. Eighty-eight percent from the line. Twelve, really four, good. and two. Um, I think I saw a per thirty-six uh, graphic compared to Steph Curry's second season, and Vivek might have been onto something. Just gonna say, I'm not being serious, but they're, they're very similar <laughs> in terms of their second-year numbers. Uh, <laughs> And uh, no, he's uh, he's been pretty good. I don't know. That's this is the depths that this road trip is going to take us to. Is that uh, you know? Buddy. That's good, man. Like that's I honestly didn't even knew know he had those numbers. Forty five percent from three. So he's a real knockdown shooter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to still stick with Gallinari on the Clippers, assuming he's healthy, assuming he's back. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but Buddy Heald, I really do hope. I liked him when he got traded from. From New Orleans, I really like him, so I hope he does have a fruitful career in Sacramento. Yeah, it's one of those trades I think that's kind of working over both teams at this point. Boogie's just yeah. laying waste to everybody he plays right now, except for Jonas Valanciunas, apparently. He um, is, but the Pelicans <laughs> aren't winning, so they're, like, they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're thirteen and twelve. They're like AD's yeah. out right now. They had a nice win last night against Denver. Boogie had like forty and twenty-two. <laughs> I feel like they could be better though. Like not not crazy better, but I feel like they lose games some some nights where you're just like, how do you, how does that happen? Yeah, well, when uh, Darius Miller's like your best shooter, that's gonna happen, I suppose. But uh, yeah, you know, the West is kind of underwhelming, so I think they can. I mean, every Fair. there's there's five teams right now that are either like one or two games above or below five hundred. Um, and it's, from, it's crazy too, Sean, because yeah. we did that uh, a couple months back before the season started. We did that uh, powering the East. Yeah. And we were just assuming the East was going to be, as much as, as well as everyone, this wasn't just us. Yeah. But we were assuming the East was going to be so much worse than the West. And look, like I was, I was looking the other day at Eastern Conference All-Stars, the potential Eastern Conference All-Stars, and there's some really, really, really good players who won't get in this year. 
Yeah, man. So the East talent's pretty underrated thus far in the season. Yeah, and I guess the West has been just murdered by injuries, so it's hard to really gauge on it. Yeah. The Thunder are still working their issues out, but um, yeah, I think the Pelicans. We've gone all over the place on this podcast, but back yeah. to the, the the Kings and the Grizzlies Thanks, and the Clippers and the Suns. They're very sad. Um, so I posed this question to Vivek on Monday. The Raptors have only played one game since then because they play apparently a Euroleague schedule at this point. Um, and uh, I, they won that game, so that a four-game win streak right now. I predicted the Raptors' win streak was going to go nine. I think they're going to lose at home to the Kings uh, a couple Sundays from now. Um, I, I mean, I don't really fully believe that, but they always lose at home to the Kings, so I'm just going to pencil that in as a loss. I think they'll win everything between then. Um, do you think the winning streak will go over or under nine games? Oh, man, it's... I don't want to be a pessimist, but the Raptors, when they go on West, like, I could see them winning three out of the four games, so I have them under. Right. But, um, and I just don't know what team it's going to be, whether it's going to be the Grizzlies, Kings, Clippers, Suns. I just feel like the Raptors, under the season, um, kind of lose their mental focus in games completely, and there's quarters where they, especially the third quarter, where they just completely falter. Um I wouldn't be surprised if they win, what is it, the Grizzlies game, Kings, Clippers, Suns, and then they have the Brooklyn Nets back at home, Yeah, which is almost a guaranteed win. Yeah, The, um, the Kings back at home, um, and then you got the Hornets. But I think it's just one of these four games on the Western Road Trip that's the, the Raptors are just going to lose it, and it's going to be pretty sad. <laughs> I don't know which one it's going to be. I just kind of feel like they're finding a groove right now, and they just seem like, even against like bad teams, they're just kind of like, okay, like we know we can just kind of skate by and not play all that well and still kick ass. Yeah. Um, I think if I had to pick the game I think they're most likely to lose on this trip, it's probably Phoenix, last game of the trip. Uh, they have weird issues at Phoenix sometimes. Like last year, I remember, that was kind of the start of the downturn uh, in the start of the, the new year last year. Remember when you know Patrick Patterson got hurt in the second half of that game? Uh, yeah, and they, they lost it. I think it was the second night of a back-to-back after playing the Warriors. Um, or it might have been the first night of the back-to-back they played the Warriors the next night. It was either or, but um, it was a pretty disappointing loss, and it, it kind of kick-started the, the January tumble down the standings that they had before they made the trades. So uh, there's some demons in Phoenix, so I'll say if they're going to lose a game, it'll be against Phoenix, but I think they're going to sweep this road trip. I really do think they're kind of mm-hmm. hitting their stride right now. And, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry's playing out of his mind. Pretty much everyone on the team is playing well right now, except for maybe Jonas. Um, even Serge has really kind of figured it out the last few games. So I'm going to say they go 4-0, and I, I'm reasonably confident in that. I mean, the NBA's weird, and maybe Austin Rivers will go off. But I, uh, I'm i feeling pretty good about this trip, man. It's uh, it's it's pretty pretty easy going. Yeah, it's, it's especially good to see Kyle Lowry on a little run here. Yeah. Um, especially, I think it was a couple weeks ago or... It was a post-game uh, press conference, and he was talking about how he's not really used to the system that Dwayne Casey's trying to implement, Nickers, um, they're trying to implement, and he needs to get used to playing off-ball, because that's not how he played. Yeah. He didn't feel like that was catering to his strengths, uh, and it doesn't. Kyle Lowry is, is the guy who kind of needs the ball in his hands, but he's finding other ways... Um, to make a difference, and and one of those ways is, is is rebounding. So what he'll do is is he'll grab a defensive rebound, and that will be his way of trying to initiate the offense on the other end. Mm-hmm. I think it's especially uh, it's especially uh, promising for Kyle Lowry how he's kind of found his way. I think DeRozan's been fine with this system. 
Um, you know, passing is, is something that DeRozan is actually pretty good at. Yeah. Uh, especially because he gets double teamed a lot. But I think Kyle Lowry is especially difficult for him. But he's he's looking really good. He's his assist numbers are a little a little high. Yes, his scoring numbers are down. I think it's what he's averaging fifteen points per game. Sixteen point six right now. 15, yeah, sixteen of, points a game. Yeah. So um but it's 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 good. It's that's one guy where you needed to see kind of improvements from Kyle Lowry. Yeah. And, and it means a lot because he's the engine. He's like the heart of the team. So, so yeah. 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 Lowry is at a three-year high in terms of assist percentage, uh, mm-hmm. tied for a career high in assist per 36. DeRozan's just dwarfing those career highs, uh, or dwarfing his career highs this season with his assist numbers as well. So it's all uh, coming up Raptors, I think. Uh, Sahal, this was a good time. Uh, I'm sure the road trip will be a fun time as well as the Raptors – uh, cruise their way through some pretty bad West teams. I want to thank you for coming on to chat about it. Do you have anything you want to plug right now? Uh, yeah, I, I released uh, my longest article yet for Raptors Republic. Um, it's titled The Top NBA Coach. Time to finally give Coach Casey his due. Yes. So it's just me basically ranting about how uh, Raptors fans have, and just the general public has, has been down on Dwayne Casey um, and how we need to start appreciating him for what he is. Um, that's on RaptorsRepublic.com, so you guys can check that out. My Twitter's sfd28, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> cool, man. Check out Sahal's piece. We talked about Casey being awesome on Monday with Vivek. It was uh, okay. a very good time, and Casey's been really good. Uh, yeah, you can check out Locked On Raptors on iTunes. Please leave a rating, leave a review, all that stuff that I ask you to do four times a day. Uh, you can check out the Raptors Advent Calendar. Today I'm writing about Anthony Parker as I teased off the top, so make sure you're looking there. Last night I wrote about uh, the number 19 and how the Raptors averaged 19 assists a game over the last two seasons and have completely dwarfed that this season, and it's uh, it's been very fun to watch. Uh, earlier in the week I wrote about, I think, Nando DiColo. I wrote about uh, the Raptors drafting pretty well in the 20s. I don't know, lots of different things I'm hitting on in that thing. So This is, this is really cool. Listeners, I'm telling you guys, this is a really, really um, cool concept that Sean's came up with, and I've been following it along, especially the Nando DiColo one. I was having a good laugh <laughs> at that. But, um, you guys need to listen to that. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, the Raptors Advent Calendar on LockdownRaptors.com. Make sure you tune in uh, or read it, whatever the hell you want to do. It's not a tune-in yeah. thing. It's a read thing. Uh, so, so Hall, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we will talk to you, I'm sure, again next week. And, uh, everyone, enjoy the road trip. Enjoy the game against Memphis. I'm going to tee that game up, I believe, with Keith from Fast Break, Fast Break Breakfast. Uh, so check out that episode on Friday morning at some point. So, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll talk to you soon on with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Cheers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.